weekend racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is a special edition of The Magic Mike Show. We're covering Sam Houston's opening meet, Mr. Samich. Huzzah, baby! I'm excited! Sam Houston's back! It's very exciting. There are so many reasons why we love promoting Sam Houston, why we love playing Sam Houston. We're here to talk to you about all that excitement and also give you a brief overview of if you're new to Sam Houston, why you should play it, who you should look to play, all the different advantages going on. And with me to talk about it, Mike Samich, you're one of the best Sam Houston betters that I've ever seen. Uh, first of all, just generally, your excitement for Sam Houston. Well, I love it, man. It, it's a great track. You get you get bigger fields. Um, you get turf racing. You get dirt racing. It's a night thoroughbred track, which I personally love because uh, once the kiddos go to bed, dad gets to play a little bit. I uh, get to have some fun. There's the late the late pick four and the late pick. There's an early pick five, a late pick five, two pick fours. It's all 12% takeout. We're going to talk a lot about takeout here. Just explain why that's so important when you're betting and why Sam Houston gives you a huge edge. And then it's one of those tracks where the handle isn't so big. That if you beat one or two favorites, all of a sudden the prices just balloon. And so we're going to talk a little bit about like specific trainers, jockeys, horses that we're looking to fade to try and make money. But understand, like sometimes you got to play them and single them, and sometimes you're just chucking them out and hoping you can get a price on. Almost like there's sometimes there's good chalk, sometimes there's bad chalk, right, Mike? It's something like that, and, and that's it's accentuated at these tracks because you know one of the keys here is going to be Steve Ashton, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. But he is over bet in every single race, every time he has a horse, and we'll explain why here shortly, but he is one of the big keys here to the Sam Houston meet. Well, one of the things that's exciting about Sam Houston starting is Nick Tamro is going to be on the mic for the first time, Chris Griffin now over at Park, so congratulations to him, but we're excited to see what Nick Tamro is going to be doing on the mic at Sam Houston. He's a pretty sharp better as well. Mike, let's first talk about why Sam Houston is such a good place to bet for horse players. It all comes down to the takeout. You've mentioned it multiple times here. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, takeout is, is massive when you're playing horses. The lower the takeout, the less money comes out of the pool, goes back to the track. We always talk about how you have to vote with your dollar. This is a great place to vote because if we support tracks like this, which have lower takeouts, you're going to see more tracks kind of gravitate toward that. And Sam Houston's going to continue to grow. Their handle gets bitter, bigger. The pool gets bigger. So it's, it's all positives for the horse player playing lower takeouts. Now, the key here is when you look down at the bottom, right? 18% win play show, 20% exact to 25% try and supers is pretty standard across the industry. There's some that are a little bit lower, some a little bit higher, but the bottom, the pick four, the pick five, the daily double, the pick three and the pick six, all non-jackpot wagers, all 12%. And that's huge. Most of the places you go, you're going to see one wager, maybe two that you're going to get between 10 and 12%. You look at Indiana Grand, it's the late pick five. You look at Canterbury, it's the pick six and the pick five, but it's not across the board, all the multi-race sequences. The daily double and the pick three, both being a dollar minimum and both having 12% takeout offer a huge advantage to the betters, especially if you are fading favorites. So it's a great track to try and play one or two long shots and a double or pick threes to be able to get some nice scores home. Because if you're able to beat a six to five shot, if you're able to get a 15 to one shot home, you get paid out exponentially because of the low takeout and the fact that this is a favorite heavy track from a betting perspective. A lot of betters gravitate toward those big favorites. 
I mean, one thing to really drive home the point, Mike, is that depending on what kind of a carryover you get at certain tracks that do have a, the mandatory payout of a jackpot wager, you're still not getting a 12% takeout when you factor that in. And Sam Houston is giving that to the betters on a daily basis. So it is pretty exciting. It's also nice that with that low takeout and with the low minimums there, that if you're new to playing a pick four, a pick five, pick six, this is a great track to practice because as we'll talk about in a second, as Mike has already mentioned, can get a little chalky sometimes so if you're smart about picking your good chalk and where to play against the bad chalk you can have a pretty a relatively cheap pick four pick five pick six ticket and if you connect i mean that you've already talked about it the exponential payouts and your return on your investment here it's, it's just enormous it's it's huge i mean I, I hit a pick five here with a one to five favorite that paid seventeen thousand dollars last year because there were two 21 shots in there if you you don't need to get around the one to five if you can find prices around the other favorites in the sequence because you're going to have most tickets that are smaller denominations multiple singles if you can get past those you can make some real money and another key here is when you look at this there's only one jackpot wager we'd hate jackpot wagers we talked about that quite a bit don't play them until mandatory day well here you have a 50 cent pick six which is paid out every single day with five of six unless it carries over and you get a lot of carryovers because these are, you know, $12,000, $15,000, $20,000 pools. This is a scoopable track. I scooped the pick six once last year. Like you can actually scoop here for lower denominations. And we had a bunch of people who made a ton of money. I think it was opening Friday night. We did a live show. Uh, and then we hit the pick five. I didn't have it, but a bunch of people played the grid did. I think it was three or four did. Paid $23,000. I mean, this is a great track to be playing for big payouts at a low cost. So we got everybody sold on on playing why we want to go to Sam Houston, but let's talk a little bit about who we should play. Some You've already mentioned Steve Asmussen. He's kind of the king at Sam Houston, wins numerous titles down there, brings plenty of good stock. But as far as that goes, what trends do you like to look for when you bet? Well, I'm going to kind of pull up the trainer standings here first, and we're going to talk a little about trainer jockey standings. This is from the previous meet, so 2021, January through April. Um, as you can see, Steve Asmussen, 310 starters, so dominates the starters list, also has the most wins at 70%, not the highest win percentage, though. And, and the thing is, is that he gets hammered every single time you see these horses. So you're going to see every Asmussen horse get overbet in a lot of these sequences. So when I say this man right here is the key to Sam Houston, it's when you bet him and when you don't. And if you're able to find the beatable Steve Asmussen horses, you can really balloon payouts. Now, what also is interesting here, now, Stuart Elliott, obviously, is the leading jockey here as well. He's Steve Asmussen's go-to guy here, so you'll see them team up quite a bit. If you go down to the ownership standings, this is also awfully interesting to me, too. Steve Asmussen was your leading owner last year, 22.2%. Winchell Thoroughbreds, one of Steve Asmussen's main clients, was fifth place on the ownership list, at twenty, and he, they came on almost 27%. So, like I said, a lot of this is really how do you play Steve Asmussen. So, so if you find bad Asmussen horses... Those are sequences you can really cash it on because you know they're going to get over that. And I know one thing just from being your partner for the last few years that you like to look for is Steve Asmussen loves to claim horses with his own money too. So when you see Steve Asmussen claiming horses and bringing them to a place like Sam Houston and running them under his name uh, with his silks, usually that's a tip off that something might be going on with that horse too. Yeah, totally. And, that, and that's why it's important to note that he was the leading owner as well, because you're going to see a lot of Steve Asmussen, Steve Asmussen horses. Those are tend to be the ones that I like more. If you have two in the same race, look for Stuart Elliott, where he is. That's a big tip off. Ryan Eckleberry is the other main rider for Asmussen, who happens to be number two in the standing. So I'm sure you're catching a theme here. Now, as far as like getting around him, Danny Pish off the claim, someone I like to use. Austin Gosterson, who's at third in the standings there, someone I like to use. You'll notice Gosterson's 25% versus Asmussen's 22%. If you go down the board as well, you got Todd Fincher. He's 27% with only 47 starters. He's another trainer I look for when I'm trying to beat Asperson. And then Scott Young is one that I like in this circuit. You see him a lot down at uh, Will Rogers. You'll see him at Lone Star as well. Uh, when he has his boy Floyd Weffy Jr. up, 
Look out, man. Those two team up quite a bit. That's a combination I look for as well. So those are some of the other trainers here that, that I think are, are relevant. You also have Carl Broberg sitting there. I want to at least give him a shout out. Fourth in, or fifth in the standings. Actually, the second leading ownership group, Endzone Athletics, that's Carl Broberg. So uh, when you see Carl Broberg training, Endzone Athletics, that's Carl Broberg owning and training the same horse, much like Asmussen. Yeah, I, th I noticed that, that it was interesting. He's fourth in the trainer standings but last year, but he was second in the ownership group. So uh, interesting uh, how that kind of worked out. Tells you that Caldwell and Gustafson probably had a few more horses from other clients. But uh, yeah, great information on the, on the jockeys, the trainers. How about when we're looking at post positions? Is there any, any trends that you see from that one perhaps yeah. you can talk about? This is kind of interesting to me. Um, this is the post position rankings for uh, both sprints and routes on both turf and dirt. And the one thing that really jumps out at me here 50% of the races are won by the inside four posts on every single surface. So make sure you are looking for inside. When you're looking for inside speed, especially, I think that's important. So note who is on the rail or who's going to get the rail around that turn as the speed. Uh, for me, that's that's something I'm always looking for at tracks like this. Uh, turf course, you want to be more forwardly placed. It's tough to come from off it. So always make sure you're looking for that lone speed. And then when you have horses who are coming in that showed speed at, at larger circuits, you know, if you have someone coming from Oakland who showed speed and absolutely quit and is running at the same level, I'm interested in that horse coming back at somewhere like Sam Houston because that speed is going to be much more dangerous at a, a what I'll call a lower tier track, even though I like it more than somewhere like Oakland Park. So for our podcast listeners, uh, just to let you know, for the post position stats that we have on the screen here, uh, one trend that I'm noticing just from a quick overview, Mike, is that while, of course, the, the post positions when you're going a mile and over on the main track, it, you don't want to be drawn out super wide. You can actually have a decent chance here from post eight or nine, uh, four for 28 last year from post eight, three for 15 from post nine. So I, from what that tells me, Mike, is don't necessarily automatically discount a horse just because he or she might have been drawn outside going two turns. Uh, yeah, dead on. I, like You cannot just directly discount just because of where they are. The turf course is interesting. You have a chute that comes into play sometimes. You have to be a little bit more, more aware of where they are, how fast they're going to get into that first turn, because I, I, you know, certain post positions are going to play better if you have more of a stretch to run into to that first turn, if you're just going right down the chute. But uh, not as drastic of an inside advantage as you'd expect for that over-a-mile turf race, which is kind of something where you definitely expect to see that. And again, I would definitely skew towards speed here. So if you're looking for horses that are going to be inside speed, and that's why I think some of these inside post positions have hit. Um, one cool thing I want to talk about before we jump off here, Sam Houston does a great job providing this data as well. So this is all off samhouston.shrp.com. Uh, if you go to their leaderboard, uh, they update this throughout the meet. This includes the, the thoroughbred meet leaders for this one, the previous meet as well. You've got the quarter horse leaders. It also has the payouts, so the record payouts over that time frame. Uh, so it's just kind of a cool... Uh, it's a cool uh, tool for handicappers to be able to use to get these stats updated in real time for the current meet, not just the previous one, which we're looking at. Well, Mike, uh, thanks for going through this with me. Sam Houston holds a special place in our hearts on the Magic Mike Show, the first live show that we ever attempted. Uh, very few times, <laughs> but if we did it. Was covering Sam Houston when they first started back. It was January of 2020 yeah. uh, or 2019, was it? It was 2019. Wow, we've been doing this a long time. Uh, but it's, we we do love this track, and if this seemed like an advertisement for it, I do want to say as a disclaimer: this is us just promoting it because we love it. Uh, they didn't contribute to us. Uh, we'd love to if you want to, Sam Houston. If you if you want to talk to us about, it, we'd love to be sponsored. But this is just. <laughs> As horse players, trying to, you know, we're backing it up. We say it all the time on the Magic Mike Show. If you listen uh, regularly, if you subscribe, you, you know, we always say play the tracks with the low takeouts, bet with your dollars, like Mike said at the top of the show. And this is us proving it. We really want to try and promote these great tracks. Indiana Grand, when it comes back in the summertime and in the spring, I'm sure we'll be covering them kind of similarly. So, uh, final thoughts, Mike, on, on Sam Houston before the meet gets started here. 
It's just a lot of fun, man. I mean, I'll be on I, the last couple of years. I've been on Twitter late night throwing out pick four tickets. I'm planning on doing that again. We'll have a, a free grid for opening day, just like we did the previous year. Uh, it's tough to take the Samu bombs there because you can kill the pools if you have too many people betting the same tickets. Uh, but I'm sure that we'll, we'll make sure we do some of the pick five sequences and pick four sequences as we go through the meet on the Magic Mike show. Uh, and make sure you check out the free picks every day for Sam Houston over at RacingDudes.com. Also, if you go to youtube.com slash racing dudes, subscribe to the YouTube channel because we're going to be having all sorts of race previews for Kentucky Derby preps, major stakes races. We'll be doing things like this for Sam Houston where we just pop on. Uh, so if you subscribe and click the notification bell, you will get alerted when we have this so that you got all the best information. Thank you so much for joining Mike and I to talk about Sam Houston. Like Mike said, we'll be covering this all meet long, so follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kelloward. He is at some of them, 18, number one, number eight. You can follow our corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck at Sam Houston. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb. Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. Death, taxes, and Magic Mike on Monday.